Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank and I'm with Jonathan. Hey, hey y'all. And today we're going to be going over the news. Squeaks is going to be breaking down the inside Xbox announcements we had. And then we have an interview interview about a new upcoming comic book. But first, Jonathan, what have you been watching lately? Um, we've been watching some good stuff. Uh, we just finished watching uh, Breaking Bad um, as the second or third time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, because that kind of rolls into the following series that was a prequel is Better Call Saul. So we're about halfway through that right now. Nice. Uh, my wife's been loving this other show called uh, Love is Blind, which we just <laughs> finished. It's a very cheesy reality show with you know couples meeting without getting to see each other and stuff, but she loved it. Um, so if you're really into those social dramatic reality shows or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I'm digging Better Call Saul and uh, I've seen most of it. I, I don't think I saw the last season. Uh, and I'm watching multiple Star Treks at the same time because I, like you, we grew up with Voyager and I never really got into the other ones much, but now I realize on on uh, channel 58.2, a regular broadcast channel, it's on every night when I go to bed. There's They, they play all the Star Treks uh, one after the other. So I usually go to bed when the original series uh, first is airing and then they, they do one episode of each series throughout the night. So That's such a good program. That's a good yeah. way to do it. <laughs> I'm loving it. Yeah. Uh, myself, I've been watching HBO. Uh, his Dark Material, I'm finishing that up. Um, it's pretty good. It's basically The Golden Compass, for you guys uh, familiar with that name. Um, it's pretty good. I like it. I haven't read the books, so I know there's, gonna be, there's fans out there that are like, oh, episode two went way off the books, stuff like that. Uh, if you're not a book fan, it's pretty good. It's all right. I actually liked the movie, so that shows you where I'm at with this. Uh, so yeah, it's okay. That's the last of the HBO. I've been watching everything HBO has to offer just cause I'm like, let me kind of go from streaming service to streaming service. I think maybe next week we'll do a rapid fire review where we just kind of, everybody pulls together one or two sentences about everything they've been watching during quarantine. And we just kind of have an episode full of just rapid fire reviews and we just kind of start shooting them out there. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, since since we've consumed a lot of content over the last couple months. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead and dig into the news. We're going to start off with Taika Waititi's. He's set to direct a new Star Wars film. Uh, he's been doing really good lately. He's got Thor Ragnarok, Jojo Rabbit. He was a voice in The Mandalorian. Uh, and now he's being tapped for a future Star Wars film. No news whether this is a, a trilogy or just a standalone. Uh, he will also be co-writing this with Leslie Heedlin. Heedlin uh, worked on Russian Doll. That's a good one on Netflix. The Bachelorette, not so good. And a new Star Wars series coming for Disney+. Plus. Uh, that's a good sign right there because if she's working on this Disney Plus series, they must like it enough to say, like, you know what, why don't you help also with one of our movies? So that shows that we have a good series coming up. Uh, what do you think about Taika Waititi's, and how do you think he'll do with a Star Wars film? Well, I, I mean, I, I didn't care for <laughs> uh, Thor Ragnarok myself, um, and I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, but I love... The Mandalorian. I think they did a great job with just the keeping it in the Star Wars world, but just giving it its own feel, its very own like unique, you know, style and everything. So uh, I love it, and I hope that they continue that with the new Star Wars series. I I get him confused a lot with like his works with James Gunn because I feel like they have a similar idea when it comes to like the space stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have a feeling it will look like a Guardians of the Galaxy, which to me that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, and all Mandalorian, he, I can't remember the name, but he's the robot, the droid that's uh, an assassin. And oh, yeah. what a great character. He did a really good job bringing that character to life. Uh, I'm assuming he's going to probably play something in this future movie as well. That's kind of how Taika Waititi does things. Um, 
Thor Ragnarok. You haven't seen, or you have, you don't like that one. I, I really like that one. It's one of my favorites. Uh, definitely comedic leaning. So maybe we'll get something where it, it follows, uh, I don't know, Lando, something like that. Some, some side character that can be funnier. You know, maybe it'll, it'll be more of a comedy in the Star Wars universe, which we need that. We need Star Wars just like we do with Marvel. It needs to diversify if it's going to continue. It just cannot, it can't still be these Luke Skywalker stories. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it needs to diversify. What kind of like, movie do you want him to make? Well, so I was just going to say, too, if we want it, if we're trying to go comical, which, you know, action's great and uh, Mandalorian covers a lot of that and stuff. But if they did want to go something a little more family friendly and comical, it'd be funny to have an adventure where you're following just a couple of droids, just like how we saw yeah. R2 and C-3PO. Like the droids kind of get tossed around and passed back and forth from ships. And they're just very minuscule side characters that sometimes save the entire you know galaxy or whatever, you know. Uh, make big moves but it'd be kind of funny just to see you know the life of them like when when the jedis are sitting at the table talking all their droids are probably in some side room just kind (laughs) of chatting about you know whatever a droid stuff what do droids talk about i don't know but it'd be kind of funny to see uh like a behind the scenes of i mean it'd be like the help almost you're kind of watching you know what do these servants to the masters do with their spare time and yeah and see see them come to you know develop humanity or be more more than just a droid kind of thing and, and it's oftentimes the better story though you know yeah. it's just like in downtown abbey the downstairs is usually the better story than the upstairs exactly um the two robot pairings when you said that i was like oh man i want to see the portal 2 robots oh yeah <laughs> yeah that kind awesome. of sassy robot life that would be <laughs> yeah. hilarious in the star yeah, wars they're, universe they're oh man starting to develop sentience but it's not very uh i don't know very well developed yet i guess yeah and they're just kind of like yeah, human life. I get it on off switch. <laughs> I kind of yeah. them too. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be pretty great. Uh, moving on to our next thing here. Tom Cruise and Elon Musk are working with NASA. It's a film, uh, a narrative film in space. So this is actually going to be a story based. It's not going to be a documentary like that. Think of like gravity or something like that. Uh, according to a NASA administrator, Jim Bridenstine, uh, they will be filming on the International Space Station. And uh, this is needed to inspire a new generation of engineers and scientists. I don't what do you think about this man i'm not a big fan of this myself because i i don't like my money or my tax dollars going to filming a tom cruise movie yeah and i don't think you need to use this to inspire a new generation you are nasa promise us you're going to mars and people will flock to you you know what i'm saying i just it seems weird i think nasa saw a huge boom back in the 80s right and everybody was all you know excited for space and stuff and then i mean since then we, we've, well, I mean, before then we put a man on the moon. I don't remember when, but. Six, yeah, it's, it's 60s. We did that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now it's NASA's just doing the thing. I don't know what they're working on right now. I'm not, I'm not excited to find their latest update and see the report, you know, every Saturday morning of what they're doing because people just don't care right now, I think. So that to me, the big factor in this is where's the money going? Yeah. If it's going to, the people that made the movie and they're just going to pocket it like they would any other movie, then you're using, you know, a tax funded or government funded uh, space station to benefit yourself. That's corruption. That's all bad. But if it's going back into NASA or back into a program to help bring, you know, uh, kids, you know, get kids interested in the space program and put them on the track to be an astronaut or something, then that's great. I mean, if it, if it takes, putting together, you know, volunteers that are professionals in the film industry and putting them together with 
you know, scientists and astronauts that are, you know, that know all the other end of it, then put that stuff together to present a, a beautiful picture of what space exploration could be and inspire children. I think that's great as long as it's in the long run still focused on, you know, the the uh, raising money for NASA or for that charity, not a facade that's just going to be putting money in somebody else's pocket. Yeah, and and that's another thing too is the International Space Station is international, so it's owned by multiple countries. So yeah. when the United States is using their portion to film a movie, and then the you know maybe the funds from this maybe this makes five hundred million if it's on kind of the smaller side really, uh, for for a Tom Cruise movie if it does that that's five hundred million that I think should be going into back into the space station. It's something that yeah. you know we we work hard with other people and it's a really unifying uh, symbol of ours. Uh, yeah, and, and the fact that Elon Musk, you know, he's been working with NASA a lot lately, which I actually do like that because he's been using the SpaceX. Where we have that, I think it's coming up quite soon. I have a reminder on my phone for it. Uh, we're going to be launching an American back into space from American soil again using SpaceX to go to International Space Station. So that's pretty amazing, right there. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, you're right with with excitement in the space program. The '60s, it was huge. '70s, of course, still leaning off the whole '60s thing. The '80s, it took a dip. That's when they tried the Challenger stunt that didn't work out. Uh, but then, you, but you still had that those young kids that went to go see Star Wars in in seventy nine and everything like that. That they kind of, you know, that was their peak of interest. So then we had a, a plethora of scientists that saw that, and the next generation kind of I think also bolstered a little bit of the science thing behind it. Mm-hmm. But the idea of okay, now let's let's not just create this this narrative movie that might inspire scientists, but let's also use government funding to do it. I just I really don't like that. It's me. The fact that NASA is so behind this, I'm, I'm just not a big fan of this. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would say angle it in the other direction, and it isn't a Tom Cruise movie that they're using a NASA space station. I would say as as long as the funding is right, people will support it. it. It's it's just like a charity of any kind. If it's going the wrong way and it looks like it's going in someone's pocket, people are gonna back off, and this looks dirty and walk away. So if it was Tom Cruise is volunteering his time unpaid to NASA to help support this program. And he gets all kinds of great PR from it and stuff and, yeah. and looks like a good guy. And they NASA gets the benefit of this film being made. Then that's awesome. And like you're saying, if it makes $500 million, go straight into the space station. doesn't go into a U.S. program to help kids get into it. Yeah. It goes into either an international program or straight back into funding a space station. Yeah, even if they're to pay Tom Cruise, it, it, then it feels like one of those kind of like the old school PBS things, like Reading Rainbow or something like that, where I'm just like... I'm very proud of this because now it's money being used for a good cause and it's actually controlled by, I don't know, people that I trust a little more than, than Elon Musk and Tom Cruise. I will have, yeah. we'll have to see how it goes. I think this is one of those things where people are going to be paying paying attention to the funding on this project more than any other project we've seen in the past. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. It'll, it's not yeah. a it's not a Mission Impossible, by the way. I assumed at first when I was reading the stories, like, oh yeah, this will be a new Mission Impossible movie. And I've been loving all the recent Mission Impossibles, but no, this is going to be a whole new project. But it, it is about the space station itself, right? It's not just a space movie that we're using that as a setting? No, I think it's just a regular... It might be about the space station. I don't know. They didn't say it is necessarily about the space station. Uh, okay. but if I assumed tr- it was like a documentary, but not you know not based in fact or whatever. But more like a what the future can hold if no, no, kids no. get involved in science. It's a narrative story. So it's actually like terrorists are attacking the International Space Station. Luckily, Tom Cruise is there to save the day. It's that kind of thing. Uh, Okay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes it a little more cheap, but we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it works out, and hopefully it sparks the attention that they're looking for. Yeah. 
Uh, next up, this one I'm thinking Jonathan will uh, will have some good opinions on. Demolition 2 has been announced by Sylvester Stallone. Uh, during an uh, Instagram Q&A, Stallone answered a few questions. It was actually a very good Q&A. Uh, he's looking good for his age and like that. Uh, but the one that kind of grabbed everybody is somebody asked him, like, hey, do you think we'll ever get a, a Demolition Man 2? And he says, I think it's coming. This is a quote from him. I think it's coming. We're working on it right now with Warner Brothers. It's looking fantastic. So that should come out. That's going to happen. Sylvester Stallone, he said that amongst other questions. Uh, so, John, what do you think about a sequel to Demolition Man? Do you think there's a, a room for it? And what are your thoughts on this? I think it's fantastic. I wish we would do sequels of some of these, you know, really good, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s movies now more than ever. I know we've done, we've seen several sequels lately, but um, especially this movie, I remember, uh, I don't know if we were just talking about it or if I've seen memes uh, joking about the three shell, you know, trick in the bathroom. Yeah, with toilet paper demand so high, everybody's been joking around about how much we need them three shells. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the whole movie is so funny. And one thing I really like about it, and I think we're starting to develop another version of it now too, is seeing an older generation's perspective of what they think the future is going to look like. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. Like they're hover bikes. They have these things that are just this huge, gaudy, Harley-looking thing that you could probably fit eight people on. But it's a hovering, you know, police motorcycle. And it's just, it's so funny to think like, that's what, and they, their shoulder pads, that's what they thought was going to be the the symbol of your, you know, level of authority or power. You got these big metal heavy plating shoulder pads. Like that's, that's you're a thinking symbol of Judge Dredd. Authority. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. I'm sure yeah. Right. that's not on this. But they both came um, out the same. Dude, I do that all the time. It's so hard. Yeah. This is a Judge Dredd. This is a Demolition Man, the one where he was frozen to fight and he comes back yeah, to fight yeah. Wesley Snipes. Yeah, yeah. They're but really good it's the same, same thing, though. It's the, the uh, 80s representation of the their their expectations of the future. Yeah. And so I, I hope if we remake it, we do something, you know, a little different, but still have that same, like, what did, our version of what the past thought the future was going to look like That's with modern want, yeah. technology, too. It'd be it'd be really cool to see. There's some things. It's funny when they do that because then there are some things that do actually kind of come true where like Sandra Bullock had this tablet where she's able to FaceTime with somebody. And at the time, we we're like, whoa, the future is crazy. That's what phone calls would be like. And now it's just like, yeah, it's FaceTime. Great. My grandpa's calling. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> like that. Um, yeah. So we have. I would like to see it again. And we have that in the past too, like Flash Flash Gordon uh, movies would be brought back again all the time. And now we have like the 80s Flash that was basically making fun of what the past thought the future would look like. Mm-hmm. I would love to do that. I don't necessarily want them to predict what the future's like from here on out. I want them to, again, imagine what the 90s people would have thought the future would look like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And one of my favorite bits is the fact that like, Oh, there's like a, fast, a few fast food restaurants, and now they're actually fine dining. So the Taco Bell is this like really nice restaurant, and I like that. Yeah. Of course, there was a tie-in sponsorship with Taco Bell, but it was a funny and bit where she's like, "Oh, the gordita or whatever," you know. <laughs> but so when you look at uh, McDonald's these days, they've been remodeling all the McDonald's around here. Look like a Starbucks. Yeah, they have. Yeah, and actually the McCafe and all that. So they are trying to fancy things up a little bit. Uh, so the self-driving cars. It's just funny to think of the things that, that kind of came true. And when they did come true, they're like, it's, yeah, but it's a lot simpler than what you guys imagined, like this crazy yeah. technology. Um, what's funny though, is to what extent the movies, you know, guide our technology, our development. Mm-hmm. Cause we want, we see a hovering car, like, oh man, that'd be so cool. Or a self-driving car. Like that'd be so cool if we could do that. So people strive to achieve what somebody else imagined and, and emulated. That happens often, especially with Star Trek. Star Trek fans all know this, but if you're not a Star Trek fan, you're, you might not be aware uh, a lot of the technology that's made up in Star Trek mm-hmm. inspires our future inventors. 
the best example of this is the old tricorders. The way they used to be able to talk when they flipped open this device and they would talk to each other long distances. Mm-hmm. That was an inspiration for phones, the cell phones. That's why you know they flipped open and stuff like that back in the day. Uh, and th- little things like that, the, the touch pads that they use on the uh, holod or not on the holodex on the on the um, command deck. You know, I can't remember the word for this, Jalen, but you know it probably. That on actually, the ins- the ho- yeah. So that inspired your iPad and your iPhone's touch screens. So oh, yeah. um, you know, little for things like that. So it's funny to see how how the future can be dictated by these these movies. Yeah. This one particular, I'm hoping, kind of just follows. You know, maybe ten years afterwards. Of course, Stone will be older. What do you think the story will be for this one? Um, see, I don't. I haven't really put a lot of thought into that. I don't know. It's yeah. I, I have no idea, honestly. Yeah, I'm hoping it's Stallone. That's like, maybe he's trying to mentor a new batch of uh, new recruits, and he's kind of the the grizzled guy, you know, because he looks like that grizzled old old dog that's still around. And while everybody's still kind of getting their tickets for cursing and things like that, he's still kind of over there cursing and just taking the tickets and. He's that grumpy old man who's trying to teach him the old ways and how you still need the old days to do things right. It feels like something Stallone would do anyways. Yeah. Um, there was a, cool. there still had a lot of people in that cryo, cryogenics program, right, that were still frozen? Yeah, so there could be all kinds of villains popping out of there. Yeah, and maybe they're going to decommission that program. Like, you know, we realized this this was a bad idea and these people aren't being uh, going through rehab the way we thought or something like that. Yeah. Uh, being Being properly rehabilitated. Um, so they're going to decommission it and all the frozen people are going to have to be either reintegrated or, or, you know, imprisoned the old school way or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they, they like, Oh, this is inhumane or whatever. And then in the process of doing that, he's sitting there like, no, you guys don't, can't trust them. And so he's trying to hunt them down. It, that actually sounds like a really good series now that I'm thinking about yeah. it, but, uh, that'd be a really good idea. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up we have Nicholas Cage is going to be playing Joe Exotic in a Tiger King series. Uh, now, Jonathan, uh, I want to confirm you, you've watched Tiger King, correct? Yes, yes, I've watched it all. It's pretty crazy okay. for sure. It is nuts, yeah. When, uh, when, when I think, like, who could play Joe Exotic, there's a few a few ideas out there, but when you say Nick Cage, all of a sudden it's like, damn, that would work. He could be that crazy. <laughs> he that is so that funny. crazy. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that would oh, be really, really cool to see. So this is one of two series that are happening. And what's really interesting is these are actually both in development in 2019 after the John Oliver shout out uh, for Joe Exotic kind of created this first initial buzz for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So after that shout out, then we got a podcast called the Joe Exotic Podcast. And then we had a series on uh, in a uh, the Texas Monthly article series called Joe Exotic, A Dark Journey into the World of a Man Gone Wild. Those were inspired by the John Oliver thing. And both those things inspired these two series that are coming up. So one of the series is with Nicolas Cage host or uh, in the lead role. And that one will follow off of the uh, Texas article. And uh, and it'll be produced by CBS and Imagine Television. Imagine's ran by Ron Howard. So if you guys are familiar with Imagine Television, uh, that one sounds like it's going to be the high budget version. And with mm-hmm. it being on CBS, it might be, I don't think it'd be CBS All Access. Well, do you think it'll be CBS All Access or on the regular regular show? It's regular a little station? edgy, his, his story in general. So it'll, it'll probably be on All Access. And the hype behind it's going to be so big that it might actually get people to get the subscription. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So maybe they want to do that. Uh, the other one is actually being done by Kate McKinnon. If you guys are SNL fans, you all know who that is. If you're not, then she's the blonde one from the newer Ghostbusters. Uh, and so it's that one's going to be following uh, the same story, but she's going to be playing Carol Baskin. So <laughs> it'd be great <laughs> to see that too. And that's following off of the podcast, the Joe Exotic podcast that came out uh, last year as well. Uh 
So just to give you guys kind of a scope, I didn't, this number kind of blows me away a little bit, give you a scope of the interest in this. 34.3 million views in the first 10 days on the release of Netflix. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. Uh, I would I would like to see them stretch it out. I thought the show was pretty funny, but he, or pretty uh, interesting, very weird. Interesting. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a, a lot going on in his life, and I feel like there was a lot of gaps in between we probably didn't even hear about. So mm-hmm. I think if they wanted to kind of stretch it out into a longer arc, they could easily do that. Um, but I'm hoping the second series you're talking about, I'm hoping it's all from Carol Baskin's perspective. That would be, be cool, really yeah. Because then you have like this guy that she she's already kind of loony, right? And there's all kinds of questions there with her husband. But uh, then you have this guy who's always just trying to like put snakes in her mailbox and stuff like that. I mean, it, it, it could be funny and of course terrifying, but I would actually like to see a little comedy series out of this. I just kind of just thought about this when you're talking. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if there was like an office version of this show where <laughs> Joe Exotic is the Michael Scott and so he's just got crazy ideas like, or like, they're like, oh, we're going to do Olympics, but with tigers. <laughs> so funny. That, that could <laughs> that, be fun. That I could easily see that happening. That'd be perfect. <laughs> oh, man. Now I want to see Michael Scott run a tiger facility like this. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, speaking for Michael Scott. Yeah. Speaking of Nicolas Cage, we actually have a National Treasure TV series coming up for Disney+. Plus. Uh, this was confirmed by producer Jerry Brockheimer, who revealed in an interview with Collider, uh, the new series will follow a group of younger explorers as they hunt down treasure. And uh, there's no news whether or not uh, Nicholas Cage will actually join the cast, but I think he would be a good person to kind of set them off on their journey. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I got, you know, these hints or whatever, or maybe he's a professor. Actually, I think he probably will do this. He is a professor already. He's a professor, and maybe his, some of his students start to kind of catch on, and then he's kind of their advisor from there. Yeah, that, that sounds cool. I mean, I remember when the, when the movies first came out, it's, you know, very interesting. We I loved the movie. Same, man. Yeah. Uh, but now, you know, uh, I, I imagine this being on Disney Plus. This is probably going to be geared more for the younger kids, anyways. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good. I think that's great. I hope it is. Um, but I imagine like the um, Hannah Montana, you know, age group or whatever. I hope it's not that. Yeah, yeah. Hannah, yeah. Hannah Montana and stuff like that, and Zach and Cody. They're a little too young for me. I'm hoping this will be at least young, young adults, teenage, you know, like era level. I'm hoping at least that much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see, but I, I, that's what I, I would imagine the way when, you know, when you talk about that, like a group of kids that are exploring and hunting for treasure and stuff, it's great for it to, you know, pique kids interest and teach them a little bit more about, uh, American history and, or, you know, it doesn't have to be American, but you know, just history in general. Um, but I don't think it's going to be the same like age group as the movies are. Yeah. Yeah. But, I think you're right. I think it'll at least be a little bit younger. Yeah. So I probably wouldn't watch it myself but it does sound interesting and i hope that it, you know hope it does well i would like to see an actual national treasures like maybe amc series something like that where you have the uh enemy faction chasing them down trying to get to the clues first just like the first movie i think really did a good job with that where you had sean bean's character constantly yeah. on his tail yeah that was really good you know what i honestly this <laughs> this would take a lot of doing but it would be really cool is a national treasure reality show Think like Survivor yeah. mixed with Amazing Race mixed with American History. That would be really good. Yeah, you have to go hunt stuff. I mean, like treasures would be planted, and you have to go find clues. Go to, you know, I don't know the Empire State Building and count how many of these lights are on a certain floor or something like that, and then that tells you what coordinates to find this next clue, kind of thing. Yeah, that does feel like an Amazing Race thing. Maybe like a, you know, it'd be also good as a, a Carmen San Diego kind of thing oh, like that. There you go. Because that's when you played the game back in the back in the old Max, 
uh, it would do that where it would be like, oh, I'm in the city with a tower that's pretty Eiffel or some random thing like that. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. you're like, oh, I know. I'm I'm in kindergarten. I figured that out. That's Paris. You know, uh, that would be kind of a fun version of that. Maybe. I don't know. That's a good idea. I like that idea of a reality TV show. Yeah. Huh. Somebody let Disney know. John's got a good idea on this one. Yeah. Just cash me out. We're good. There you go. Write a check. Uh, next up, Disney's on fire. They got a we have a new parts of the Caribbean movie before you turn things off. This is a reboot, fully new cast. Uh, according to Dis Insider, which is a Disney Insider website, their source, Daniel Rockman, the film will have an entirely new cast and will be focused on Red from the uh, from the Disney World ride. Uh, Red is kind of this like she's a film female redheaded pirate that uh, is kind of that. Uh, I don't need anybody's help. She totes a, a rifle and she's kind of this badass character on the rides. Uh, they actually recently remodeled her in 2018, which kind of was kind of the first hint that uh, she might be coming into the movies because she fully got a remake and, uh, and is much more of a leading character on the ride. Uh, she actually has a, now a character that walks around the park too. So you can take pictures with red and there's a Funko pop for red. So clearly they've been kind of building her up. There is no nobody specifically casted for it yet, but everybody's saying it'll probably be Karen Gillum. She's from the Jumanji movies, and she's in Avengers and all that as Nebula. Uh, Jonathan, have you seen Jumanji yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. Okay, I, I, I got to get you those movies, man. They are, I think they're right up your alley, actually. Um, yeah. But if you guys know Jumanji, she's the main character in Jumanji, the main uh, female lead. And then in Nebula, it's hard because, of course, she's in full makeup, but she's also in Nebula. Uh and uh, so I think this is going to be really good. It's got the writers from Chernobyl and uh, from the previous films that are working together for this. The Chernobyl was very well written. I I love Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, I haven't actually watched the very last one because I was just like a little bit of fatigue. But even the bad Pirates of the Caribbean have been somewhat entertaining. And the good Pirates of the Caribbean have been fantastic. I like the first trilogy. And a lot of people don't like the first trilogy as a whole. You know, they don't like the third and second one. But I really like it as a whole. I just I dig pirates, sea thieves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What are your thoughts on this, Jonathan? What do you want out of this new uh, franchise? Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, everybody liked Pirates of the Caribbean, or most people liked Pirates of the Caribbean, especially the first few movies that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like how they made, the, I mean, the ride was already a huge hit, so that's why they made the movie. And then they made some changes to the ride to kind of mesh with the movie and emulate it somewhat. So I'm excited for this because I'm hoping if this comes out and it's a big hit, they update the ride again and, you know, half could be old style, half could be the new yeah, and or or add some some new elements to it, um, but I I'm excited. I, I hope it goes really well. I I like to hear that they're using red, so they're trying to go with the you know powerful female lead. Thing. Yeah, it sounds right. what it sounds like, mm-hmm. um, which is great. I mean, a lot of movies and shows have been doing that, and it's, it seems to be a hit. Uh, one thing that would be really nice is if this doesn't. I, I know this is going to be kind of a reboot. But I'm hoping at some point they could mash together, you know, but bring at some point, bring the characters into the same world. Um, just have them. You're following different characters at different times. Kind of thing would be cool. Yeah, I uh, could see maybe like a reference to, you know, oh, there was Captain Sparrow that did this or something like that. Or maybe his dad is still around. Uh, yeah. Who was the one that's making the rules? I really liked that scene when they had the rules. Um, yeah, something like that would be cool. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm hoping this doesn't target a much younger audience because the, the previous uh, movies were already, you know, young adult, but still family friendly, yeah. very well balanced. And so I'm hoping they stay yeah. in that kind of genre. A little dark, a little edgy is cool, but not, you know, just go Halloween dark. Don't go gory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is a good idea. Uh, 
the visuals have always been very good. Uh, the story can be good. I that they did talk about going into a new uh, direction with them, so it's not necessarily going to be the same kind of storytelling. Mm. That's fine with me. Uh, there there were two very famous and popular uh, women pirates. I can't remember the names for life of me right now, but yeah, they're they're very interesting characters. Uh, so it'll be really cool to see see what that's going to look like in in film form. I'm excited for this. I think it's really good. I I like Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, it'll be mm. good. Uh, moving on to the next one. Uh, the Mandalorian cast Boba Fett. I'm super excited about this, guys. So Boba Fett was teased in uh, season one of Mandalorian, uh, episode five, the very last part. You see him walk up. He has like the spurs jingle in his in his boots, and he has the cape. You can see the cape, and you can hear like a little bit of a beeping from his armor. Uh, so we see him walk up. It's just his feet, and then you see he's looking at a bounty that he had just lost that died. Uh, so that was teased back in season one. We now have confirmation that not only is he in season two, but they casted. Tamora Morrison as Boba Fett. Now, Morrison is known for being Jango Fett in the Clone Wars. You remember Jango Fett from the Clone Wars, right? Yeah. I'm talking about, okay. So, this Jango Fett, they cloned all the clone army off of him, and then Boba Fett is his cloned son. So, it is his son, or it's his clone, but they made sure not to give him the advanced aging, so he's kind of like his son. So, that's, you know, the quotations around father there. Uh, Boba Fett is presumably going to be working uh, with uh, Moff Gideon on hunting down Mando and, and uh, Baby Yoda. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, Boba Fett, of course, is just he's a favorite of so many people, including he's one of my favorites. Uh, what do you think these two on the same screen is going to be like? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be fantastic. I, I think this is he is the reason why people are watching The Mandalorian for the most part. They didn't know about Baby Yoda until he you know, got started. Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so I, I think... There's so much uh, hype behind him already. People love, you know, Django and Boba from the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think just bringing him in is is going to be fantastic. I, I, people are going to have high expectations, no doubt. So they have to take their time and do it right. Uh, but I, I think it's going to really push the second season forward uh, significantly. Yeah, I hope it's a... I hope one of two things. Either it's a short arc. Maybe we just get one or two episode little cameo thing. Uh, that will eventually lead into another series in the future about Boba's like and his redemption arc, or it's a season long thing where he's constantly just on his tail, just trying to chase him down. That'd be really cool to see too, because yeah. Boba Fett he's one of the only people who could outdo the Mandalorian, and yeah. uh, that'd be really cool to see. And I like how we're learning a lot more about the Mandalorians, which in the past was just Jango and Boba to us, or for the mm-hmm. most part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you kind of want to incorporate the you know stars that you know when you're telling their history and their culture so it kind of connects the two like it's great culturally i think that's going to be the most fascinating thing about this because you're going to have two people that are technically like not mandalorians right now well i mean okay so let's clear the air real quick we're both fans of star wars we watch the movies and in, in tv shows we have not read the books or the comp well not a lot of the comics so the, i know there's going to be some people out there i'm looking at you rob uh, a listener from uh, ronan geek official podcast who knows the details on this kind of thing but let me go ahead and break down what's going on here. So we have Mando, who uh, wasn't born a Mandalorian. But during that that war, he was basically adopted into the Mandalorian lifestyle. And now he lives by their code pretty strictly, right? Then you have Boba Fett, who's not technically a Mandalorian because he was cloned from somebody who was born a Mandalorian. And Jango himself, the person he was cloned from, was banished as a Mandalorian for his actions. 
So you have two different sides of this coin of like kind of not Mandalorian, somebody who's adopted to the Mandalorian culture and is fully indoctrined. And you have another one who was born into it and has left that aside for, for corruptious ways, you know. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how these two, I can't wait to see some dialogue, you know, that's going to be amazing between these two. I don't know. We're going to have a lot to do. This is going to be really good. This is a really good addition to the Mandalorian. And at the point we're in last, the Mandalorians were almost extinct, right? Well, the the tribe that we're following got hit oh, hard, okay. yeah. But there are other other tribes that have different cultural beliefs, like uh, uh, flexible beliefs, maybe. Uh, yeah. So we'll have to see. Again, that comes to the fact that I don't know a lot about it, um, just from the movies and the TV shows and stuff like that. Uh, it would be I'm, cool if we see some flashbacks though to the earlier culture and and get more foundation on what their society is built on and stuff. Right, yeah, because if you look at Clone Wars, Clone Wars does a really good job of exploring the Mandalorians. That's that's actually one of my favorite sources for the Mandalorians. And in that one, they have the helmets off all the time. So then you're kind of like, oh, but wait, aren't the Mandalorians no helmets? And apparently that's just that one tribe. Uh, so we'll have to see. I want to see, yeah, more flashbacks, more clarification on exactly what the Mandalorians are for us laymans. Um, yeah, I think I think what it boils down to is I need to start picking up some books and, and catching up on some of this stuff. <laughs> After you read them, you just go ahead and explain it to me. Uh, yeah, I'll have to do that. We'll have to do a book club for it and sit around story time. Yeah, uh, they have the High Republic, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, High Republic coming out. And I'm looking forward to reading that series. Uh, I don't know if that'll explore any of the Mandalorian or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I think this is what it is. I think we need to start really researching some of the Star Wars stuff because it's fascinating. Every time we get a tidbit of it, we just need to get more of it. I'm here now with comic writer Ahmed Amin. How are you doing today, Ahmed? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm fine. Excellent. That's good. Uh, we're going to be talking about your new comic coming up called The Epics of Inkiru. And uh, you have an Indigo uh, campaign going for this. Can you go ahead and break down what the story is for this comic? Well, sure. Um, the Epics of Inkiru, uh, to put it simply, is, uh, is uh, it's a story that features a superhero who happens to be autistic and it is, in a way, a sequel to the oldest story ever found in human history, the epics of Gilgamesh. I'm not sure if you if you know that story. Um, Familiar with and, it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so mainly that story, it, it focuses on a guy named Gilgamesh, and he has his companion, whose name is Inkidu. Um, mm-hmm. And when I used to read that epic, it's... It, um, I was drawn more to that character, actually, Inkidu. He was, you know, he was more... You know, he, he has more goodness in him than Gilgamesh, who started as a tyrant yes. king. So, so yeah. So I was drawn to that character, and um, and the story takes place in a modern setting, where he where he's brought back out of time, um, and he he's autistic at the same time. So so he has to deal with these challenges, you know. Um, and his brain works so fast that everything around him moves too slow, which makes him socially odd and interacts with the world differently. Uh, but at the same time, he can he can uh, his brain, because his brain works so fast, he can uh, see the patterns of things. He can he, he can analyze everything. Um, he can see the things that can happen before it happens, which can come in handy when when he's in danger, but not when you try to communicate with him. So this is my approach. Uh, to the story to the to the old ancient epic yeah yeah there's really two folds coming in so you have uh, a spotlight on autism and a spotlight on this old ancient story that 
you know, was the first basically human story we found. Uh, what was your inspiration for bringing these forward? Well, um, I was inspired by my my nephew, um, who who was a very awesome autistic kid, and um, growing up, uh, I used to, well, I, I still do that actually. I like to play with him and uh, take him out every once in a while. Um, but I noticed, like when he when he when he plays, uh, like when he trips or something, he balances him, himself very quickly in, in a very impressive way. Um, you know, kids fall all the time. So my nieces, my nephews, uh, my, my my two nieces, they broke their legs a couple of times while, while playing. But my nephew, he, I, I liked how he reacted very quickly. He's very quick on his feet, uh, which made me think, like, maybe his brain works so fast. And and I tried to build on to that idea. So I thought, yeah, well, that, that's nice. And one day I decided to dedicate something for him. So I, I wanted to do this comic. And because I'm, I'm, I'm a history fan and I love uh, everything related to Mesopotamia, Egyptian mythology, Chinese mythology. And uh, I visited the epics of Gilgamesh. And I don't know, while I was reading that story, I saw uh, my nephew in Enkidu. So I thought, wow, that, that'll be a nice, nice way to tell, nice story to tell, you know, that a character that is out of time to bring it back in, uh, in a new story. In a, and, you know, based it on my nephew. So, yeah. Yeah. What in Ikidu reminded you of your nephew? Well, uh, the way he interacts with, with animals, you know, in the beginning of the story, he's, he's a friend of animals. And and uh, because they describe him in the story as, as odd, as uh, uncivil, as, you know, like like the people think of him as, as a, in, the, in the forest, he... he, he um, like he sabotaged the traps and helped the animals and, and the people who who trying to hunt. When they see him, they describe him as uh, some kind of a, a beast, not non-human, something different to them. And they cannot talk to him yeah. or whatever, an uncivil. And uh, how he's always focused and doing whatever he does. So when he heard about Gilgamesh and how bad he is, he decided to confront him and nothing no matter who, who ever told him to do otherwise, he just keep doing it. So the, the way he's focused on doing one thing, it, it made me think of my nephew. You know, it, it made me think that he's not just not a normal person. He's just someone who who's, who's mainly focused on doing what he, he wants. And he does sound odd and different than the humans in the story. So I thought that he, he's, he, he, I might make, I might, I might say that he's autistic, you know, that's why I, I thought about it. And yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah. That that will make uh, sense, you know, if I make this character autistic. So, yeah. And and what I like about that too is it's not that he's uh, different in a negative way in any way. He's out there freeing animals, and he's, he yeah. was raised in the wilds, and and was created with the you know intentions to take out Gilgamesh. And so you have kind of this creature that this character who's almost higher than how humanity has become. You know, what I'm saying he's he's actually more enlightened in many ways. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and just in his own way, he's just not observed the same way. Uh, yeah. So, so I like the way it puts a, a good light on everybody. Uh, have yeah. you created anything in the past that has influenced you in this project here? I know you've worked on on videos and things like that. Well, yeah, actually, um, if you, I'm, I'm not sure if you checked my channel, but I have two episodes of um, a motion comic that that I created. Uh, it's called Team Genesis, and it's uh, it's my first. Uh, and I did actually three issues of that comic uh, and published it, uh, self-published it locally here. And um, it was the project that started my my 
my comic uh, career. Um, and I remember because um, I really wanted to tell that story. Um, and at that time, I was a student. So I tried to find someone to help me. But, you know, no one, no one wants to do it for free or have the time to do it. So I taught myself how to draw and how to color and do everything and how to, uh, you know, do the uh, video motion effect to after effects and uh, how to do the cut audio, uh, the video cutting in adobe premiere adobe premiere and yeah eventually that's how i that's my segue into the comic world and yeah so i did these two comics uh, earlier yeah and of course i published uh, i published books uh, i published uh, four books so far uh, they're already oh, wow. available on uh, amazon yeah and uh, the first book I wrote was called Sykes. It's a fiction thriller with ghosts. And uh, it's actually became a national uh, bestseller here. So, yeah. Oh, wow. So, That's amazing. Uh, That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, we'll do too. Uh, if you guys want to get take a look at these books and, and Team Genesis, we'll link those in the description so you guys can take a look at those and uh, and see what's up. Yeah. Is there any other comic creators out there or either, you know, directors or anything like that that have inspired your work? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, I mean, mainly Stan Lee inspired me, not just uh, by his story and his world uh, as, as a character, you know. I'm, I'm drawn as, mm -hmm. to him as, as a guy who likes to tell stories to people to spread something positive in the world, you know. I mean, take a look at X-Men, you know. It's, it's a good take on diversity. And uh, I mean, uh, I mean, the list is long, you know, I could, could of course, there for hours tell you what, what, what are my inspirations. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, movie director wise, I was really drawn to uh, Christopher Nolan's vision for the Batman. They made the character so noble, you know, that it inspires you to be like him. And actually, Batman was the, the, the character I loved growing up when I was a kid. Um, I remember reading uh, when I was 10 years old, I read this uh, Batman versus uh, Alien. And I, I, you know, he, he looks very vulnerable there, you know, and, and that's what yeah. I love about Batman. You know, his superpower is not his gadgets, not his uh, anything. His superpower is power of will. And this is what I love about him. That's why he inspires me the most. So, yeah. And I think that's definitely something you could see in uh, Inkadu in your story here. Somebody who's powered by will, somebody a little more grounded yeah. and, and relatable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. so you got this idea, you're inspired by your nephew and by mythology. Uh, what what did it take to bring this into fruition? What, what was the process and who did you get involved? Well, uh, well writing-wise, uh, I had to revisit the epic many times and because... It, the oldest version of that epic is 2000. It was in 2000 BC, so, so it's um, more than uh, 4,000 years. So I have 4,000 of history to play with to make to shape my story. So I visited this uh, this epic again. Uh, I visit the Japanese and Chinese mythology, and I'm still looking into more mythologies because I want to incorporate to the to this story. Uh, so I had to do a lot of research, which which I, I love. You know, the most 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 amazing part in, in writing is when I do the research because every time I came up with something, oh that that works perfect with this part, you know, and that works perfect with that part. And yeah, yeah I, I love that research. It's 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 really nice. You know, it gives me a lot of it fills me with endorphins. Um, 
And yeah, so once I was like, all right, I have a beginning of the story, I have an ending. Uh, now I need to make it happen. So um, I was assigned to many Facebook uh, artists' paid groups and uh, Facebook groups. So I started my search uh, for uh, an artist, and uh, and that's when I met Felix Torres. Uh, he's an artist from Chile. And uh, I love his art style. It's similar to the 2000 AD comics, which, which I love. Uh, and uh, we started talking, and I sent him some storyboards for the story, which I, which I sketched myself and colored. And uh, he took a look at it, and, and he agreed. He, he was very interested in the story. So, and, uh, yeah, that's how he became my partner in crime. And hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So hopefully we will... Uh, We'll we'll make this story happen as uh, when, when the campaign ends in Indiegogo. Yeah, let's go ahead and start discussing your comic book. We have it's unique in the fact that we have a character we're we're somewhat familiar with in, in Ikadu. So, what we need to know now is what is his goals and what are his, his purpose right now? What is he trying to do in the modern times? Well, first of all, he he doesn't know who he is in the beginning of the story, but yeah, so. Wow. At first, he wakes up. He well, in the beginning of the story, uh, in the first issue, I'm I'm gonna start a little further in time just to show his abilities, and then in the second issue, we'll start the story from the beginning when he came back and our time and everything. So um, the first thing he has to learn how to interact with the world, how how he can live, and this is the first challenge for him. Uh, that are placed in the comic, and once he finds his place in, in this world, uh, things will become different. That's when the villains will show their true faces, the the ancient ones, the the uh, and the, the well, actually the main villain, which uh, which I think you're the first one who's going to hear about is uh, Inanna. Uh, I'm not sure if you know this. She's known in uh, Mesopotamia as the goddess of uh, fertility and love, but Mostly forgot that she's actually the goddess of war. Yeah. Oh, wow. So yeah, she's she's actually the goddess of war in in, in actual national mythologies. So she's the main one in the story, and uh, she and Enkidu in the in the uh, epic, um, she they always see uh, things differently. You know, she is represent the as the uh, the uh, force of evil, and Enkidu is the force of goodness in the story. You know. And uh, she's very convinced and resolved with her results, uh, which which uh, which is which makes her, you know, a very very uh, formidable uh, enemy. You know, will any of his other characters come? So uh, I'm looking at like Gilgamesh, of course, or uh, Shamat. I think I believe his name is the, the woman he first. Uh, Shamhat. That basically became Shamhat. Thank you. Yeah. yeah Shamhat. Shamhat. Yeah. Shamhat. Uh, well, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, okay. she's gonna be. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. She, she, <laughs> she might play a role, but uh, in what way I cannot uh, explain. There's also um, Gabu, uh, the goddess of uh, healing. Uh, she plays a very central role in the story, and uh, she's the one actually who, who in in, in the fringes, you know, in, in my version of the story. Who took care of uh, Enkidu? Uh, even when he was in the wild, no, no one knew that she was around. And uh, for Enkidu, she's uh, she's like his mother. You know, she's his mother okay. for him. He sees yeah. her as his mother. So, 
and uh, and and in in, uh, in the mythology, she's always portrayed uh, to be with uh, symbolized with with hounds and and dogs because uh, she, the symbol of healing at the time was dogs because they they thought that because they lick themselves and they they lick their wounds and the, the wounds heal because of that. So that's why it symbolizes wow. as 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 healing a symbol of healing at at, at ancient times. So she's she's one of those uh, characters who sh- who sh- who can control hounds and these kind of things, and it kind of look you know it's, it's gonna look cool, but you know we'll, you'll see we'll see <laughs> it comes out. So she, mainly, oh, I, I like that teaser builds up the hype. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm building on on that. So yeah, uh, and we'll see. Yeah, because there are so many characters okay. that I didn't name yet uh, for 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 a good reason. Because um, in the Indiegogo campaign, they have different perks, and one of these perks is you get to pick, uh, you get to be uh, named as one of the main characters of the comic. So that's why I didn't name them yet, but I'm but I have them already there. So and it's limited, not 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 yeah for I think ten characters. Understandable. Yeah. So yeah. So. Yeah, so so I didn't name them that's, yet. That's an interesting yeah. perk. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That is a really good perk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Okay, so let's look at your your panel layout. What is there any kind of past comic book that has inspired you? Maybe like Watchmen who uses the nine panels, or maybe like modern Batman that kind of breaks the mold and and spreads throughout the page. Is there anything you like your layout? How's that looking? Well, actually, um, I I didn't I don't use any uh template from other creators i usually imagine what scene would look good you know so i mean okay. i might end up like uh, using nine panels and there's a scene actually used nine panels uh in the first issue uh, i think it was page 20 31 anyhow so so yeah i see what looks good and i choose sometimes just three panels because there's this big scene with this one scene i want it to look really big and epic you know there's this scene where yeah both uh enkidu and another character called bill which is not his real name but will that will be revealed later For now. Uh, yeah, yeah. they land up on a roof and suddenly there will be the, the a, a strike of lightning appear i think you can see that picture in my in my profiles and uh, yeah yeah uh, very noticeable yeah, yeah yeah that's why i had to make the panel this way bigger you know so it depends on how i want the scene to look and what kind of feeling i want to give to the video so yeah it has a very cinematic feel in that way where you could see like shots yeah. almost like these are all shots being made yeah Exactly. Uh, yeah. Another character I'm excited to meet because it looks like I have some ex- I have some ideas of who I think that is. I'm pretty excited to meet them. That's gonna be really cool. Uh, sure. You were mentioning <laughs> you were mentioning before how dogs are seen as healing. Uh, there is kind of this relationship with bulls with Inkadu. Is there any going to be any kind of relationship with bulls like the bull man and stuff like that? That was what's called. Ah. Uh. Uh, yeah, uh, there's this thing called Lama Hasu or something like that, which is the wing bull. Yeah, uh, we're gonna see a lot of that uh, because, in, uh, and uh, coming back to Inanna, the main villain, uh, there's this this part when she's uh, ta- when she tries to convince Enkidu to marry her, and she tell and he tells and he like gives the list of all the men she got with and what she did to them. There's this one who she turned into a wolf. There's this one who she turned into a man bird. So she's kind of a creature who makes this genetic modification on things or add things to them, you know. So it's uh, it's one of those. Yeah, she 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 have this kind of thing, and which is which is why I'm 
in my version, you know, they call her the goddess of fertility, but it's actually the reason why they call her that because she does these things to people to create different yeah. kind of hybrid people. So, uh, yeah, so you, you, we're going to see uh, a lot of those things, you know, in, in the comic. That is, that's so creative because in Mesopotamian mythology, there are a lot of uh, hu- half human, half something else. And now you've actually yeah. added a, like a scientific look at it. Like, you know, it's a really good way of kind of mixing the, the ancient world with the modern world. Yeah, I mean, um, you've, I mean, if you've ever seen History Channel 2, they show you how the ancient world is made by ancient aliens. So it's not yeah. difficult. Yeah, it's, and if you read the Eternals, I mean, and, and if you've seen the Mayan uh, statues, there are some, some things that looks actually like uh, that, came, that, that, that came out out of our world, you know? So it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's it's um, it's another thing I like to add in my in my book, you know. That, so yeah, but it's not alien to be to be. No, no. You know. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 gonna it's gonna make sense later. <laughs> that would be a good twist. Maybe twenty issues in, all of a sudden there's aliens involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we talked about how cinematic these panels were. Was there any other inspiration for your art style? And this is the art style that you developed over time, correct? Well, uh, as I mentioned, this sketch and the uh, ink was done by Felix Torres. And the reason why I picked him is the art style itself it stood out for me because uh, when I was going up, the, the art style I really was drawn to was the 2000 AD uh, art style, you know, the Judge Dredd and uh, the other guys. So when I, when I, when I saw that uh, style, I thought, you know, man, that makes, uh, that makes, that looks really good, you know, for, for characters I'm trying to portray. And that's, that's, well, that's my, my inspiration. And coloring wise, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like cinematography to me, you know, I, I'd like to things to, specific things to pop out so usually i like to use the yellow light and and the shadows should be more blue which is the contrast to the yellow and this yeah the 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 um the, this is the look i like to go for in most of my comics so yeah yeah you did a great job with the coloring because you could see there's there's a good level of shading and yet you have when they're on the, the rooftop that that scene again inkadu stands out well you know in, in his in his um hospital gown you know it stands out well against the blue and dark colors in the background it really looks and you can almost feel the rain and the lightning strikes and the thunder in the background yeah (laughs) oh thanks (laughs) uh so we have the the indiegogo that we're going to be linking to can you explain what the campaign is and what your goals are after this is uh, achieved well, sure. Uh, campaign uh, will start on the 15th of May, and it's going to run for 30 days. Uh, try to raise as much as we can. I mean, if we hit the, you know, the normal goal, we 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 will release just a one issue at the beginning. And uh, but if we reach beyond that, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna uh, uh, I'm gonna do the first and the second issues. Um, and this is my main goal for the for the story. But and I also want I want to release this book with uh, information for autism organization and fundraising. So in a way, I wanna I wanna use this comic not just to tell an engaging story, but also to raise awareness, uh, raise up, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, about autism. So yeah, and this is my my the other thing that uh, motivates us to push that campaign, and hopefully we 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 will be successful in that goal. Yeah. 
that, that is a really good good cause and a good way to bring uh, notice to to autism. It's really mm-hmm. good. Uh, yes. And and I want to clarify that second issue is basically the look back, more of the origin story, correct? Uh, no, actually, um, it's not a far look back. It's it's yeah, the origin uh, as how how he, he uh, started in our world. So the first issue, he's he, he gonna find him coming in a train and this uh, arriving in a train to a city, uh, and this symbolizing the arrival of the hero to the story, you know, right. and uh, things happen and we get a glimpse of his superpower and he, he finds himself in trouble and he's in danger uh, from people who try to attack him. And that's when we see how he acts when he's in danger, what he's going to do in that situation, which I'm not going to spoil. Uh, so that's the first <laughs> issue. Yeah, that's the first issue. The second issue is going to is going to start with Enkidu waking up. Uh, near an ancient ruin in in Iraq, uh, it's a place called the Zekorat, uh, and uh, that's uh, and he's taken to the hospital, uh, and and this is where the story starts. The 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 second issue starts. It starts uh, from the beginning of uh, Enkidu's arrival to our timeline. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, that sounds great. Uh, again, we'll have the the Indiegogo page in the links below, guys, including uh, the books on Amazon and Team Genesis. Uh, but say everybody wants to follow you on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. What's your handle? Uh, sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, at, my account is Hero Autistic, and uh, on Instagram, it's Hero underscore Autistic. Um, you can check me out on Facebook. I uh, have a uh, group dedicated for the comic. It's called uh, the group is the Apics of Enkidu. You cannot miss it when you when you visit that that group. Uh, you can check my other Instagram account, which is a underscore h underscore mn, and you can you know see what kind of person I am. Uh, I like to post uh, some things about about my uh, you know about my life with my wife. My wife is Chinese. So we have this thing called uh, because I'm Iraqi and she's Chinese. Our, our nickname is Chiraki. <laughs> so we have this, yeah. So we have this uh, thing called Chiraki Log, and uh, it is uh, these fun, funny conversation that happens every once in a while between me and her. And it's yeah. So I always post about that That's every cute. once in a while. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That's cool. Yeah, thanks. That sounds fun. Make sure you guys follow. Uh, I'm looking forward to hanging out on all the other accounts as well. That's pretty great. But thank you so much for hanging out with us today, Ahmed, and sharing sharing your comic book, The Epics of Ikadu. Oh, pleasure is mine. Uh, and we're going to follow up on this too. We'll let you guys know when this campaign is met, and then we want to get that issue, the second issue as well. So we're going to make sure to go past that as well. So that is excellent, guys. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you for having me. We're with Squeaks now, and we're going to be looking at the Inside Xbox announcements. Uh, overall, Squeaks, what are your thoughts on how this went? Uh, I think it went okay. It was just a lot of uh, trailers. I feel like this is like a mini E3 for us, mm-hmm. uh, where it's just trailer after trailer after trailer. We get excited for it, but we really don't get anything more than just a couple uh, uh, images. Yeah, yeah, we have some new titles that uh, look pretty interesting, but generally it was just some trailers. Exactly. Uh, everybody was kind of let down a little bit. They they thought we were going to get more gameplay out of like Assassin's Creed. Uh, I think we'll be getting more. Xbox did announce last week that they're going to be doing this Xbox 2020 campaign, where they're going to be doing more of these little events throughout the year, leading up to the Xbox Series X 
uh, release. So hopefully we'll be getting some more details soon. Uh, what we're going to be doing for this is uh, we have all the trailers on our website. So if you guys feel free to go to thegeekfreakspodcast.com and you'll find our article about this with all the trailers. Me and Squeaks are going to sit here and watch each of the trailers and then give our reactions afterwards. Uh, we will cut, of course, the watching part out. So, uh, Squeaks, we're going to start off with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Let's go ahead and watch Right. That. So that is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. What are your first impressions, Squeaks? I'm super excited for it just to go to the Viking era. I think that a lot of the uh, environments they kind of nailed on, especially when you see the stone, or I don't know if you call it stone hedges, but that stone with those rocks on the ground, or right, whatever yeah. area that is. So it feels like it's kind of neat that they're going through uh, real-life environments. Uh, I think they kind of nailed it with just a Viking village when you kind of see the inside of a, uh, like a little hall they have with the tables and everyone's just kind of there. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I'm, visually, I'm super excited for this game. Um, I do have some hopes, though. Um, I hope that we could go back to the Brotherhood. The last two games, we really didn't have the Assassin's uh, Creed themselves, I guess you call mm -hmm. it. Uh, I know in Origins, they, they made the Assassin's Brotherhood at the end. And in the Odyssey, of course, this was pre-Origins. So I really hope when we go back to Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla that we could get uh, like this Assassin's Brotherhood going, coming back to it. Like We could feel like I'm in this Brotherhood and I could fight alongside other Assassins. Yeah, that'd be nice to actually see the faction itself. I, I always liked the rivalry between them and the Templars, so uh, hopefully we get that back. If we find out that one of the English kings is a Templar, that'd be perfect. Oh, yeah. Um, it'd be a little extra spice on everything like that. Uh, visuals look really good, like we've been saying so far. The settings, to me, is, is really standing out. This entire trailer was done on uh, Xbox engines, uh, so what you did see is all actually being played on an Xbox. Uh a lot of these settings and things, a lot of the, uh, yeah, the settings, the surroundings around your all Xbox. Uh, it looks very good to me. Again, just super excited for it. We saw some executions that looked really good. This game will be using the smart delivery system. And what that means is you could buy it for the Xbox One if you want to. And later on, when you pr uh, purchase an Xbox Series X, you'll have that game as well. The Series X version of the game. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Good way to save money there. Any last one, thoughts on Assassin's Creed? Yeah, one thing I do want to bring up, I think this is a huge disappointment because uh, this was obviously the last part of these this uh, Xbox experience, or whatever we're calling this. Mm -hmm. and inside Xbox? The thing, inside Xbox, yes. And the thing was that we were going to get this gameplay trailer. And I think a lot of us assumed that we were going to get someone behind the controller controlling uh, Eero or Viro, whatever this main character's name is, and uh, actually getting to see real gameplay. But then this is what we see, and it's like, well, what is this? I think it threw a lot of people for a loop. Yeah, yeah. As, as awesome as this looks, it's not exactly the uh, the the moment by moment that I'm going to be playing when I'm actually behind the character, you know, making my moves. That's actually what I wanted to see as well. There was there's been a lot of uh, disappointment in that mentioned online. Yeah. So I think Xbox has already apologized for that. They set the expectations too high. I think the next one might give us a little bit more detail. So. Hopefully they, they correct that because there's a lot of people that's been upset. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you say gameplay, come on. You you know what we want. We want to see real gameplay. Yeah. So. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Even like the, the settings, like when you saw them just looking at uh, their environment around them, it's a moment where you're stopped and that that's meant to be like a cinematic opening when you're into a new zone. 
So it's it's tailor made to look as good as possible. It's not necessarily when you're out there hunting for food or something like that. That's just your everyday kind of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Alright, let's move on to the next one. We're gonna be checking out Yakuza Like a Dragon. Let's go ahead and watch this one. Like a dragon, but I saw no dragons besides the one on the tattoo on his back. It must like activate his powers, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh yeah. It was lackluster for me uh it it started out great it looked like a kind of game i'd want to play uh I, I mentioned this to you before where i feel like it's the older titles were closer to gta and this one is much more like saints row mm-hmm. uh, about halfway in there's this this switch in tone from a serious game where you're, you're an upcoming member of the yakuza uh and then the new tone is like oh wacky fun times with a giant crab or lobster actually, and uh, everybody's got abilities. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, uh, and and just I, I'm not a fan. I I, I won't be buying this. I think it, it'll probably be on Game Pass. Uh, the other Yakuza is uh, the the last one. So we'll have to see. What are your thoughts? Um, it it had me as like a, a serious story game, mm-hmm. and uh, and then when you start seeing him pull the bat out of the ground and then pressing the cell phone, this crazy ass thing activates. It's like, uh, and then so when you're doing crazy shit like that in the trailer, I'm just like, okay, so what is the point of this? What's going on? Is this, uh, yeah. is this a, uh, yeah, yeah, I just don't, it doesn't make sense to me. That's all. Are you going to be playing it? Uh, it's definitely have to be a Game Pass game for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Luckily, um, I think it will be on Game Pass. Yeah. I, I just don't see myself getting into this one. Yeah. Let's go and check out Second Extinction. And uh, we'll watch that trailer now. God, man, man, I want to just fight a T Rex with some of my buddies. Well, you're good about to. So, Second Extinction, T Rex, and a ton of like super raptors. I'm gonna call them. Uh, it, it looks like it's a lot of fun. You just have guns. You have to survive, and you just shoot a bunch of dinosaurs. There is a yeah, there is a bit of a survival thing going on where I notice it's snowing. And it looks like somebody's building a fire. Uh, so I think you're dropped off on this island. You need to quickly create uh, tools and weapons enough to survive. And then you're just going to go and like try to take out as much of these dinosaurs as possible. I wonder if they're on like a night cycle or something like that where you have like this many t- this much time before like nightfall happens and the dinosaurs attack. Well, okay. So I like what you're thinking with the uh, time cycle and then um, a survival aspect. But I'm going to go differently, and I am going to say that this is going to be... We're just looking at levels. I think uh, this is okay. more like a Left 4 Dead, and it's going to be a level in the night, a level during the day, uh, stuff like that. I hope you're right, though. I'm just kind of looking at a different view, a viewpoint. Mm-hmm. But I'm super excited because I love dinosaurs going back to my PS1 days with Dino Crisis. Uh, yeah. Huge fan of Dino Crisis. Uh, what I really like is just, just crazy dumb fun. Uh, I love the fact that you're shoot when you shoot a raptor some of them were just blowing up um i love the fact that the bosses i'm gonna assume will be like the huge t-rex i'm just picturing like three of us trying to like circle around this massive dinosaur that's attacking all of us um it just looks super a, a game you could just pick up and have a lot of just fun with yeah yeah uh yeah it looks like it's kind of probably gonna be one of those maybe 30 dollar game range where it's um Mm. multiplayer maybe not like super story driven i'm assuming uh left for dead is a good one dead by daylight kind of thing like that where it's just it's a lot of fun for your friends um 
it, I can tell that there must be different roles because there's like big machine gun, shotgun guy. I think there's probably different roles, which you know you can expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I think you had it right there. It's just it's going to be super fun. Yeah, I can see your price point though because uh, uh, Predator came out uh, for the PS4, and that I think had a forty dollar price point, mm-hmm. and uh, that's because it is basically your one player controls Predator, and then you have a team of survivors or whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah, I can see that. I, I like that that um observation let's move on to scarlet nexus so scarlet nexus you had a a good observation during the trailer about it being similar in a way possibly to devil may cry what do you think about that yeah because it seemed um just the camera angle with him and then how he was like launching people in the air and then fighting him or monsters wherever these roses are um and with the music i'm kind of getting this fast-paced tone which double may cry is um i think it looks really pretty though um but the character himself with the environment and how it moved in the beginning when you saw the eiffel tower mm-hmm. um but it just what like it's kind of like the yokozo or yakuza i'm saying or whatever but the dragon like a yeah, dragon yakuza. what the what's going on <laughs> yeah the the bad guys totally took me out of it because uh they're like bundles of flowers and and not like a, a, a vines or anything like that. Just actually like bundles of flowers that you're fighting. Uh, it has an anime feel to it a mm-hmm. little bit. Uh, but still, I'm just, I don't know. I think this is a pass for me. Are Would you picking this up? Um, you know, let me ask you a question, though. You said this, uh, not the cool, like, po- poison ivy flowers and stuff. Would, yeah. if you saw, like, a villain that was raising these plants to life to make it look like that, would that change your mind a little bit or no? If I were to get a little bit more of of what's behind it, because because currently we see we do see some like a big couple of big bads that don't look terrible, but mm-hmm. uh, the fact that the the other ones look so stupid that I'm just like I I don't have any interest in these. Yeah, uh, I would like this character and this world looks great. Make them vampires, make them robots, make them something cooler <laughs> than just flowers. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'll have to wait until uh, yeah for the reviews to come out before I yeah, pick this yeah. up. Yeah. We'll have to see. It'll be on Game Pass, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have The Medium. Um, Man, this trailer is just way too short to get anything really out of it. Yeah, it's definitely a story-driven game. You know, I think it's one of those things where we're going from point A to point B and just kind of gathering the story as we go. Okay. Uh, and then if you look at how the, the title is made, where the top looks normal and the bottom looks all messed up, uh, I think we're getting... I want to, I want to try to convey it's the upside oh, down from Stranger Things, right? But yeah. I think the bottom, the upside down is actually hell. So think of the hell from the movie Constantine, that version of hell. It actually looks quite a bit like it. Okay. Uh, so from from the promotional art, we see that they're like, trying to drag a person down into hell. Uh, I think, yeah, I'm, I think you're right. It's going to have something to do with the Antichrist. Uh, this looks like it takes place in Russia, frozen Russia. Um, it, a thriller, a horror. I'm excited for it, but, you know, it's it does just give us much yet. Yeah, really doesn't. I, I like your observation with the uh, the title, how it's um, portrayed. Now, I could see somebody taking this idea of the Upside Down World, because we haven't really seen that in a video game yet, right? I can't uh, think of one. Yeah, uh, not really I could think of, yeah. So I could see someone taking like, oh, hey, Stranger Things is really cool. Let's kind of flip it into our mix and kind of not copy slash copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, It'll be, it'll be interesting. Our friend Joe, he's most excited about this one, so uh, he'll probably watch it and review it for us, or play it and review it for us. 
Let's go ahead and check out The Ascent. That's The Ascent. Uh, it looks like it's kind of a top-down shooter slash dungeon crawler. I get a futuristic gauntlet feel out of it. A lot of cybernetics and alien life forms. Uh, pretty dark, bleak, cyberpunk-type world. Uh, are you picking this one up? I don't know. I only go so far with these over-the-top shooting games. Um, I mean, it's it's so weird because Diablo, I get it, I have a different feeling for. But then when I play something like this, um, you know, I I don't stick with them very long. Uh, super unexpected. I was not from seeing the beginning of the trailer to what it is the gameplay. I'm like, oh wow, that was not what I was expecting. Um, yeah, like I'm getting the cyberpunk uh, feel slash Star Wars because we get to see all these kind of like weird alien races. Ooh, that's good. Uh, looks like so. I'm just thinking of Star Wars in a cyberpunk world. Um, yeah. yeah, but these games only do so much for me. Yeah, same for me. Uh, it's I'll sometimes pick them up and I'll, I'll go through a few levels. I don't think I ever really try to finish them. Uh, we'll have to yeah. see. It, it's definitely one of those with friends because if you if you compare it to like Diablo, Diablo I've cleared all the way through and played multiple times and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So if it if it gets the right you know niche out of me, then I'm happy with it. I'll continue playing, but uh, we'll have to see. It has to do a lot to be able to do that. Yeah, for sure. Next is going to be Call of the Sea. I'm actually really excited for you to check this one out. I want to hear what you think. Okay. Uh, so let's let's watch this one. Call of the Sea. This one's by Raw Fury uh, and Out of the Blue. Okay, visually, what game does it remind you of? Well, of course, I think we're going with Sea of Thieves, right? Yeah, man. It, it rings so much Sea of Thieves. I'm excited for that. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think about this game? Well, uh... One, yes, of course, it looks very pretty. Um, I think we're going to get this beautiful, beautifully told story. And mm -hmm. we're just going to fall in love with this uh, female character. Um, I think, okay, there's going to be some puzzles. I'm kind of getting a, uh, not so much of a telltale, but maybe a strange life or whichever that one. Life is strange. Yeah. Life is strange, yeah. Um, feel to it because I feel like we're going to be directed into one, uh, one lane. But we're going to solve mm -hmm. some puzzles along the way and uh, unlock more of this untold story. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think I will pick this up, one up right away because I think this is going to be a beautifully told story and it looks it looks very pretty. Yeah, again, Sea of Thieves looks... Uh, yeah, I have to agree with you, man. I think you're 100% right. I think it's a puzzler one and, and leans on exploration. Uh, there was one shot that had me very interested where... Cause, cause she's following, I would presume her husband mm -hmm. and she's trying to figure out what he's, and when she says the line of, what did you find down here? Or something like that. If we see the, the, the player's hands are actually have like webbed hands. Like they've turned mm -hmm. into the swamp. They're like a fish monster, you know? Yeah. Uh, so there's something to uncover there. And, and obviously we get to play as that character. Uh, I'm excited for this one. This is actually, yeah, this is a day one pickup for me. I'm going to definitely try it out. Let's check out Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines 2. It's kind of a long title. Let's watch that one next. You've played the previous games, that's correct? Yeah, I played the first one a long time ago. Um, I believe it was back in 2004 when the first one came out. Okay. Um, and it was just the first person walking through um, like these towns and solving a little bit of puzzles here and there. Uh, not so much, but then, yeah, the fighting as well. Um, this one though, like, um, I wasn't really shocked with the graphics. Seemed like they I, really I didn't want to bring that up while we were watching it because I was trying to not taint you on that. But yeah, I, to me, it feels like early Xbox One graphics at best. Yeah, it doesn't look very good. Um, 
And I mean, what's neat? I mean, I like kind of like the fighting. It reminds me of like the darkness. I don't know if you ever played that game. Oh uh, yeah, that's pretty oh, old man. Yeah, uh, it reminds me of that because it has the uh, those special abilities that look like your character was doing. Um, I think it'd be kind of cool to play a little hands-on first-person, uh, hands-on combat first-person. I'm saying that correctly, kind of like Skyrim. Um, it's been a while since I played something like that. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what's. I don't know. I'm a little iffy on this one. Yeah, I haven't played any of the vampire games in the past, uh, so going into a completely noob, uh, not impressed at all. Again, the visuals just they don't look good. The uh, storytelling might be interesting. Clearly, you're a vampire killing people, so that's why I was kind of leaning you, <laughs> leaning to you on that one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, this one's a pass for me, to be honest with you. Yeah, I just need to see. <sighs> I need to. Yeah, I just need to see more. Let's move on to Madden 21. Oh, man. Oh, God. Mahomes, get the fuck off my screen. <laughs> so, Squeaks, I know you're a big fan of Mahomes, which <laughs> yeah. starts and ends our trailer here. Uh, yeah, to me, Madden 21, it, you know, I'm the one of those guys that's like, yeah, but all they do is really just update the names on the jerseys. Uh, I did like how this one we had the retrospective that looked at past the, some of the past games. You and me were commenting during the trailer that, oh, I remember playing that game and this version of that game and stuff like that. Uh, we've definitely come a, far, a long way since then. And uh, one of the things they're featuring is now you're going to be able to feel the game. They talked about how like each step, each hit, you're going to be able to feel it instead of just you know visually stunning. To me, that feels like a feature to dual for DualSense, not so much on the Xbox. Thoughts on that? Right, because that's uh, something that PlayStation was advertising more than what Xbox has been this this next generation. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe it's just something that's telling us how we're going to feel it, like, just because it would be more in our face. It could be just a figure, you know, of speech. Um, yeah, I think... It felt like they were really leaning on, like, because they, they dulled out all the other sounds of the audience, and you actually, like heard each step so uh, to me it felt like oh we're actually going to feel those steps i don't know yeah to me yeah i'm not sure yeah uh my impression i'm going to buy this right away because it was announced okay. that lamar jackson was on the cover so i will buy a physical copy Guess who's to, reviewing it for us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to put the actual case on my shelf with other sports memorabilia so okay. i'm buying a physical copy um why my reaction for the trailer Mahomes, why are you talking to me about staying home, being safe, and to announce me that it's going to come on Xbox? No shit. Every Madden comes on all the systems. You know, yeah. <laughs> not to be, I mean, I mean, uh, anyway. I think there me. might be some bias against Mahomes. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. You're right. If it was someone on the Ravens, then I wouldn't care as much. But uh, it's just like, I don't know. I just don't see the point of having him on it. All you did was talk more than I actually saw. Did mm-hmm. we see anything about in 21, to be honest? Uh, how just do we know the whole that was feeling 21? thing. Yeah, how yeah, do we it... know that was Madden 21? That could be Madden 20. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, honestly. That's how the, all the games are, really, for me. All the Madden games. I always buy the one that's like five years old because it's dirt cheap at GameStop. <laughs> and it still scratches that itch I need to uh, scratch. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to pick this one up right away. It'll be a bit before I play this one. Uh, I know Daniel and you will be buying it day one. Yeah. Uh, so, hopefully you guys like it and review it for us. <laughs> yep. No. Let's watch the trailer for Chorus. Uh, looks like it's going to be on the rail shooter in space. We had a lot of the protagonist who apparently has runes on her face, which makes me think that there is some sort of like a mysticism involved in this, some sort of magic. One of her abilities is when she like 
went to hyperspeed or whatever. Uh, she moved it. She became like this like beam of light that looked very magical and less science based. Uh, what do you think? Is 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 this just basically another Star Fox? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I what I think because the the rune writing on her face and the maybe the the probably the enemy the villain of the game speaking at the end. Uh, could be kind of corrupting yeah. her mind because I just feel like the way he's talking is kind of talking into her head. Um, mm-hmm. What I think is we're going to get this pretty cool, badass story, but it's just like a Star Facts. You get this cool story, but then all you're doing is just flying a ship and shooting some things. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of interested to see what, what this one's about, really, besides just flying around and shooting. Yeah, I, ho- I hope it's more than that. I think I think what we saw is a lot of cinematics and then the play the game actual gameplay was flying around in space. So hopefully we get a little bit more than just that. Uh looks otherwise like, I think it's gonna be a twenty dollar game for me. <laughs> if really? it's twenty bucks, I might pick it up. It looks uh really fast paced, so I'm kinda hoping that's that's a thing that yeah. The dodging and the shooting is just super quick. You also made a good point that there are moments where you're fighting big ships and that could be mm-hmm. a big big change in gameplay. Yeah, because that'd be super fun to take down these uh, big Star Destroyers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah. Colossus of the Shadow in space. I'm down. Oh, oh son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I just hold it. <laughs> Let's watch the trailer for Scorn. I'm actually excited for this one. Yeah. Uh, this is one I'm actually looking forward to one of the most uh, from all these trailers. Um, I enjoy horror games most of the time. Some of the ones that kind of like uh, Outlast, where all you do is just run away from shit, aren't as exciting to me. Hopefully that doesn't become this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, many people point out that it's kind of getting this alien feel. And I definitely can see that. Uh, maybe they just kind of took the elements of alien and made it more twister and sicker, made it a little more gruesome. Um, yeah. What I like, though, is it looks like this uh, this elegant, beautiful hell in a way. Um, yeah. because everything does look, um, uh, it's kind of twisted saying it, but this like beautiful Dante's Inferno image of, it just looks, even for how gruesome it is, it looks very beautiful at the same time. I didn't think about that. It does look beautiful while also being haunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get a, a parasite feel like there's a parasite that's, that's taken over. Maybe, uh, we do see some, what looks like human armor with another creature that's inside and, an overgrowth of some sort of biomaterial. Yeah. Uh, there, It opens up on a shot of a human skull, and then we see on the back of the skull there's another life form growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, on the alien front, if you look at the, the font used to say Scorn, I mean, that's just straight up alien right there with like that yeah. rib detail. Mm-hmm. That looks like, that could have just said alien. Uh, <laughs> this looks interesting. I, I think I might play this one. Yeah, I, I'm starting to trust Xbox and their choices uh, in horror games. So uh, I'm on board. I'm on board yeah, I'm curious of what what we are going to do in this game, though. Are we trying to escape something? Or are we, you know, I wish it would have kind of gave us yeah. a little something of that instead of just uh, whatever was going on here. I think it might be a shooter. And the reason I'm thinking oh. that is because there is a shot of like this swarm that's kind of, I think, like maybe eating at something up on the up on the top there. Yeah. yeah. And right when I saw that, I thought. Okay, that's one of those things where, like in Destiny, where you turn around the corner, all of a sudden a bunch of little things come at you, and you got to shoot them all down real quick. So I kind of have a feeling of like maybe this is like the flood from Halo. Yeah, I really hope it just isn't going to become like what I'm saying. These horror games that are all you do is run away from shit. Like, a, yeah, like, yeah. I, I could compare this to Agony that came mm-hmm. out not too long ago, and all you're doing is just you're in hell and you're hiding or you're running, and 
if it's something like that, those games really don't catch my attention. Uh, the only thing that kind of really did was um, the actually the Alien game, uh, Isolation. Isolation. Yeah. So which is um, now on Game Pass, by the way. Yeah. Um, that's the only time really, but then it's because it has a huge title name to it. So I mean, if Scorn's like this, then I probably won't be playing it at all. Well, you know what? Hold on. Alien Isolation just went on Game Pass. Yeah. And we were talking about Yakuza being on Game Pass after they just put that on Game Pass. Could Scorn actually be in the Alien universe? Oh, you did say the font was the same. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. We might, guys, breaking here. <laughs> Scorn might be in the Alien universe. Yeah, I mean, a lot I of people actually are did get it a Prometheus too. vibe too. Actually, when I was first checking it out, because the heads, the giant yeah, heads, yeah, is very Prometheus-like. So you think they would make an uh, alien that gruesome, huh? Which would be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. Oh, man. Okay, I might have to do some research on that. <laughs> That's cool. Let's check out uh, Dirt 5. So I'm getting this vibe that we're never going to race on cement. Well, Dirt <laughs> kind of tells you the title that you're not supposed to be. <laughs> uh, mostly off-road, yeah. We open up with them racing on ice, and there are better options. So <laughs> just makes drifting really easy and cool. Yeah. Uh, I haven't liked or uh, let me let me say again i haven't looked forward to playing a racing game since i don't know like uh, the last burnout maybe mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to trying out dirt five we have yeah. weather changes looks like it's pretty collision friendly uh mostly off-road it did seem like there was uh, some of the cars were meant to be on road so maybe we'll get some on-road stuff too i don't know i'm not sure yeah i hope i mean I, i'm gonna assume that the uh Obviously, the dirt changes the way you drive, but I hopefully if these weather will affect the way you drive too. And that's, I'm going to assume, but I'm going to hope as as well that they actually thought about that. Yeah, I bet it does. I bet it does. And we saw like a lightning strike too. So yeah. if that like, I, I, I could imagine if you're doing some like, you know, racing against your friend and one of you guys gets struck by lightning, how crazy cool yeah, that'd be. That'd be a little intense. Yeah. Uh, just, of course, gorgeous. All racing game trailers, though, always look gorgeous. If you can go back to, like, the Xbox 360 racing trailers, they all look amazing. Mm-hmm. Actually being in the game, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but a promising start. It's It's been a bit since I've cared about a racing game, and I'm actually interested in this one. Yeah. All right, we have one more to go, guys. It is Bright Memory Infinite. That game, I mean, just gorgeous. Looks so amazing. Very fluid. It's completely gameplay trailer. Uh, actually what you'd be doing in game changes genres on you so fast we saw a fighter like you would in like dark souls you were saying dark souls we have of course the shooter aspect uh we have a lot of mobility you're zipping around with your some sort of grappling wrist thing uh and then we we close off with a racer so it has a little bit of everything uh pretty amazing looking game yeah it looks phenomenal i mean it looks beautiful looks like it runs way too smooth uh the vibe i was getting this is 100 percent bullet storm to me oh bullet storm, uh, okay. and yeah. what gets me that is that whip that she was using to pull enemies or get across a certain uh to a certain location and what yeah. really got me was that the fact that that character she was fighting with the sword and the shield uh mm-hmm. when she hit him up in the air and she pulled him back with that rope it had that little freeze and that's 100 yeah. percent what bullet storm does so i don't know if maybe these developers are in ties with it or whatnot but that was a that was a copycat for sure. Um, so, you, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, it's just that was what it was like when you whip them, freeze them, and you can do damage. So, um, oh, the whole time I was watching this, I was getting this bullet storm feel. You said something interesting there. You said developers. Uh, this might shock you, 
It's actually developer. One person made this game. One, like one person or one? One person. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. Xbox has always been a big fan of indie game uh, developers, and this is made by just one person. I want to say wow. it's out of South Korea, maybe China. That is insane. Yeah. <laughs> just the weather effects alone are insane. <laughs> yeah, I love the setting, too, with because you're saying um, South Korea, China, the, like the walls and the, that theme that we're getting. Um, mm. Oh, man, I, I don't know. The setting of this game looks beautiful. Yeah. And the way that you have that... He, they're clearly in the middle of a, a storm or hurricane yeah. or something like that. And uh, as soon as you get into that car, either you're that first person quick shooter. I mean, it's better than fall or not fall out, far cry. Cause I, you know, people would say like, Oh yeah, it's kind of like far cry where you can drive too. No, this feels like you're actually racing around. Like it's actually has good driving in it. Yeah. Uh, I, this game has me hyped. I'm ex- I will definitely be playing this game as fast as possible. Oh, for sure. All right. So, uh, inside Xbox overall squeaks. What is what is your highlight out of the whole thing? The high. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's hard to find one because there really isn't a high for me. Um, okay. And the reason why I say that is because all we got were these little snippets of a bunch of trailers that were like, okay, can I see a little bit more so I can understand a little bit of it? Uh, like yeah. like Scorn is a big one. Uh, the Medium was a big one of just like well okay and so what's next um but i did like seeing that there are a bunch of new uh games coming out um but then are we going to be let down to e3 where okay cool we see this trailer three years later we still don't have nothing for it so i don't get excited as i used to about these video games because i feel like it's just all uh how many pushbacks are we getting um uh, i told you i was upset about the assassin's creed valhalla for the fact that we mm-hmm. were told gameplay, and to me that's not gameplay, that's bullshit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm passionate about that because I watched the whole thing to get nothing. Um, yeah. uh, you know, what is this like the first time they did something like this? Is that correct? Uh, um, it's it's first of many that we're going to be getting this year. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, we kind of learn here. Here, the customers, the players, the fans, uh, and then kind of build from that. Yeah. And a lot of companies are learning how to do this. Ubisoft just announced on Monday. So uh, they just announced on the 11th that they're going to be doing a new event on, I think it was the middle of June. Uh, so they have their own event coming up. Nice. Uh, Games Radar just announced a new event. So everybody's going to be doing these little summer events. We're going to be doing Gamers United, uh, where we bring a bunch of other podcasts on. And then we're going to be doing uh, history deep dives into these different developers. So you can see where they started, uh, who grew the company, and where they are at now. Uh, so, you know, we're gonna we're, we're learning to be online, guys. This is an online community. Everybody's getting involved. So we're going to get more of these, and everybody's going to learn to do them better and better. I think by the end of the summer, we're going to start getting these really cool, massive, awesome events, and, and they're going to get really cool. For me, the highlights, uh, man, I, I so I'm an Xbox fanboy, of course, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit hard. I'm always like, oh, this will become good because it's on the Xbox. <laughs> but I'm going to say Call of the Sea really looks good to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe the scorn if I'm not too afraid. <laughs> we'll have to see. Uh, Bright Memories are purchased for me for sure. Uh, and then, of course, Assassin's Creed. I did like what we saw out of Assassin's Creed myself, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm excited for it. So I, I, think, uh, I think Xbox... Their presentation was pretty solid, myself. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, We will see you guys next week. 
and we're going to be doing our rapid fire reviews. We're going to be reviewing everything we've been watching during quarantine in under a minute. So it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, come and join us then. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.